All right, hello and welcome to the first episode of the Jack Hallows podcast. And no, I don't have a better name for that right now. So you may see this with a slightly different name by the time that you guys and girls listen to this. I'm not sure yet, but at the moment I'm being very uncreative and that is the official name for this podcast as of today anyway. Um, this will be uploaded in about 48 hours from when I record it. So I'm not 100% sure uh, whether this is the name I'm going to go with, but we will see. So I'm finally doing it. I finally stopped procrastinating this idea that I had. Honestly, this goes back about two and a half years. This idea goes back to the first lockdown um, in 2020 when things shut down. First first sort of bout of COVID-19 and me and my friend Jesse, who is um, a PT at the gym that I used to work with, we would go for long walks and stuff because you were allowed to exercise with one other person outside. We go for these long walks and we would basically just talk shit constantly, <laughs> like essentially we'd have some really good conversations, but there was also a lot of like rambling and kind of just talking about all these random little topics that we kind of picked out and stuff. And we basically just looked at each other as any two 20 something males seems to do these days and just said to each other, we should start a podcast. I don't know whether anyone would listen to it, but we'd at least enjoy talking. So we should start a podcast. Um, And anyway, lo and behold, I'm now starting my podcast and Jesse's off traveling Europe and Asia and stuff. So hopefully he's doing well over there. Um, I think he definitely got the better end of the deal. But at the same time, I think I'm going to have a lot of fun with this. So essentially for this first episode... I wanted to run through a few questions that I put a little question box on my Instagram, um, which if you don't know my Instagram, Jack Ellis Fitness, go give it a follow, but put a little question box on there, um, just asking things that you would like to know about me, essentially, and I figured I'd pick some of the better ones, or some of the, I don't want to say the better ones, just some of the more kind of relevant ones for now, um, just to give you guys and girls a bit more of an idea about myself and my background and how I got here, essentially, why I'm doing this, um, and hopefully give you a bit more insight into me as a human being, because I feel like posting Instagram content day to day, yes, okay, I get to put a bit of myself out there, but it is very much more of a professional setting. I'm putting out things to help people, I'm putting out education around fitness, and while stories have allowed a little bit more of a kind of insight into people's personality and lives, there's definitely only an extent that you really want to be sharing on social media. And I feel like this podcast space is a little bit more of me talking to people who really want to be here. Um, whereas on Instagram, I still feel like you're kind of talking to the majority in a way. Um, and I feel like that then opens you up to conversations that maybe you don't really want to have. Whereas I feel like here on the podcast, it's a way that we can have conversations that actually do want to be a part of. So the first question that I did pick was why start a podcast? And obviously there was that little bit there about, you know, (laughs) just kind of the rambles with Jesse on our walks. But the main, main reason why I want to start a podcast is I love finding things out about people. And, you know, as much as a lot of these episodes are going to be me talking through topics and talking through things that, you know, you, the listeners want to hear, I also want to be able to do a lot of interviews and I want to be able to talk to other people and get other people on this podcast because for me, I love learning about people. And while I'm quite admittedly a fairly introverted person, um, 
I actually really do like people and I do like learning about people. I do like hearing different perspectives. I like hearing different biases. I like hearing different points of view and I like it when they challenge my own because I always find it hard to stay stagnant on something. I always kind of like moving forward. And while that doesn't mean that I'll just radically jump from one point of view and perspective to another, like critical thinking does still exist. uh, I do still enjoy being able to learn new things and be exposed to different perspectives, even if I don't necessarily agree with them and even if that person's perspective itself doesn't lend itself to me then becoming more agreeable after the conversation, I still generally enjoy those kind of conversations with people. So that's where I kind of want to go with a lot of this podcast. So for those of you listening, if you have people that you'd like me to try and interview, please let me know. DM me on Instagram. Um, I'll try and get in touch with anyone within reason and I'll try and get them on and we can have conversations about things that they find interesting because as much as I exist primarily in the fitness space and I feel like a lot of the people that I'll talk to exist in the fitness space, there's a lot of great conversations that can be had about around, you know, around a lot of those topics. But Also a lot of conversations that can be had around personal values and other things outside of fitness and values outside of just training and nutrition. So that's the main reason behind starting a podcast. You know, for me, selfishly, I get to learn new things and I get to have really interesting conversations, hopefully. And I think that translates for you guys and girls as well, or at least I hope it will. The next question is, why did I become a coach and when did I become a coach? So essentially, how did I get to where I am today, essentially? Um, I became a coach initially, well, I became a personal trainer in 2018. I did my certifications, my certificate three and certificate four. In Australia, that's all you need to be able to be a PT. Um, Probably explains the quality of a lot of the fitness industry (laughs) over here, to be honest. Uh, It's a six-month course, and that is really all you need to do to be able to start training people. Um, So I did that in 2018. I got my first gym job straight out of my certifications, got into training people straight off the bat. I think I did my first paid PT session two weeks after I got my certifications. Um, But alongside that, I also worked as an exercise advisor, um, which was a fancy way of saying gym bitch, basically. Uh, I worked at this gym in the Southwest suburbs. And, you know, as much as I joke about that, I wouldn't change any of this um, at all, by the way, like the way that I did things. Um, And I was paid $22 an hour to essentially walk the gym floor, talk to members, clean treadmills, make sure that everything was working properly. And then in the meantime, if I was lucky, people would book into me, book in with me to come and get me to write them a program and take them through kind of a pseudo PT session for half an hour. And it was here that I learned a lot of skills about communication and a lot of skills about talking to different people and kind of being able to have conversations with essentially anyone (laughs) really and um, being able to find find things they found interesting, get goals out of them and, you know, kind of be able to have rapport with people because a lot of people didn't really want to be there. (laughs) You know, the gym would kind of sign them up, they'd give them their membership and they'd be like, hey, you want a free program with one of our trainers? And they'd be like, no, not at all. And they'd be like, are you sure? Because it's free and, you know, you get this and you get that. And people would just kind of get worn down and end up coming and seeing me. Um, and I actually got a lot of PT clients out of that. People enjoyed the programming and they kept coming back and, you know, kept having the same issues with things. And I was like, well, I only get to see you, you know, once every two months with this. Why don't we do PT and I can see you once a week and then we can fix your issues a little bit easier. You can still get the programming and all that sort of stuff. And it was a nice kind of like transition 
from the free stuff into PT. And then obviously the lockdowns happened, gyms closed, we were all forced to pivot. And um, essentially that's how I ended up in the online coaching space. But I'll talk up a little bit more about that later. Um, why I got into coaching was I started training in, I started training properly in like 2017. I was always active, always played cricket when I was younger. Um, for those of you in America and stuff who don't know what cricket is, it's similar to baseball, I guess, but better. Um, and then I also played football or soccer, um, for the Americans and Australians. Uh, sorry, Americans. I do love you. I'm not ripping on you that much. Um, yeah. And I always played sport when I was younger. I was always fit. I was always active. Uh, but I never really weight trained or anything like that. You know, I'd do some push ups, some sit ups, all that sort of stuff. And then in 2017, when I'd finished uni, um, you know, I'd studied a music degree at uni. Um, and my mate was like to me, dude, we should get in shape. Um, he was just kind of like, you know, we, we play football, we kick a ball around, we run around a lot, but we don't actually do anything to get ourselves properly looking like we're in shape. Um, and I was like, okay, well, you know, we could always join a gym or something like that. Um, but I was never really serious about it until he basically said to me, I'm joining this gym let's go at least like four times a week, let's train. Um, and I started getting really into it. I started lifting weights. I started kind of looking into weightlifting and, you know, training properly and bodybuilding and all this sort of stuff. And I just kind of got hooked. But the issue for me was that I just fell for every trick in the book, like every training trope. You know, one week I was doing a push-pull legs undulating periodization split. The next week I was doing, you know, and these were all without knowing what these things were, by the way. I was just kind of doing things blindly. The next week I was doing power building. And then the week after that I was following like an ollie lifting program. Then the week after that I was following like an NFL combine fucking preparation program and stuff. I didn't really know why I was doing any of these things. You know, I just wanted to train. Um, you know, I just wanted to go in, lift really heavy and do really impressive stuff essentially in the gym. And, um, you know, so bounced about it a lot, uh, got injured quite a lot. And then nutrition wise was all over the place. You know, again, I fell for everything. You know, I was doing green juices and then I was doing no food until 2 p.m. and only BCAAs. And then it was only black coffee. And then I went vegetarian for six months because somebody told me that, you know, you can't digest meat properly and all that sort of stuff. And I just fell for everything. And, you know, it ended up leading to a road of, you know, a lot of mental health issues and a lot of issues around food and, you know, specific disorders and stuff. And I basically said to myself, like, I don't ever want anybody to have to do this, like to have to deal with this. And I knew that I wasn't, you know, I wasn't patient enough or smart enough to go to university and study psychology and, you know, get into the root of all these problems in that sort of way. That just wasn't me. I decided that I wanted to help by stopping people ever being able to get to this point. You know, I wanted to be an intervention point for people to steer them in the right direction, to give them sustainability, to give them the opportunity to get results without having to do all this excessive crap that I was doing, you know, because yeah, okay, if you have a lot of time on your hands and you have a lot of dedication and everything, living a bodybuilder lifestyle, awesome, happy days, go for it, you know. Um, but if you're a working mom with two kids who's, you know, in her forties and barely has three hours to herself over the week, you know, you're not going to be living that lifestyle, but it doesn't mean that you can't get results. It just means you're not getting on a bodybuilding stage at the end of the day. And, you know, even moving further than that, like I wanted to weed out all the crap, you know, essentially. And I knew that if I could even just help one person avoid going where I had gone on the road that I had gone down, then I'd feel really fulfilled. Um, and I'm very glad to say that over the last, you know, four and a half to five years, 
I've been able to help a lot more than one person, which is a really good feeling. So that's, that is my why behind coaching essentially is I love being able to get elite transformations. I love being able to get people really strong. I love being able to allow people to be the best possible version of themselves. And however they see that being, I love helping them get there, but I will never do it in a way that I feel sacrifices their mental health or their sanity or, you know, my integrity as a human being as well. You know, I'm never going to flog someone into the floor just for the sake of a before and after pick, essentially. Um, so that was really my why around becoming a coach. And all these years later, it still is, you know, the things that I preach have changed definitely like my methodologies and how I do things. And I like to think that I've evolved as a coach, but my confounding why has definitely stayed the same. And I think, you know, I get asked by a lot of newer PTs and coaches, you know, like, how do you find your why and stuff? And, you know, believe me, when you find it, you will know, um, you know, don't go looking for it. Um, start just thinking about the things that resonate with you emotionally and, you know, how you can then use that to help other people. So what did I do before coaching is the next question. I kind of touched on it there, but I actually studied music. Um, I've played guitar for over a decade now. I love music. Um, when I was younger, all I wanted to do was perform. And I actually played a lot of gigs in my late teens, early 20s. Uh, and I loved it. You know, to be honest, like it was one of the best feelings in the world, getting up there in front of people, playing music, being able to vibe with people. And, you know, it was... It was a similar why with music as well. Like I wanted to bring something to people that I knew would help them. You know, when I was younger um, during high school and everything, like whenever I'd have tough times, because I did have some mental health struggles in high school for sure. Um, you know, music was always kind of really what got me through. I just put my headphones in, kid, you know, whether I'd go for a walk or whether I'd just lie in bed and read a book or be on the internet or whatever. Like I always had music playing. Um, so for me, music was always this way that I could just you know, switch off and there was nothing bad when music was playing. It was always, it was always good. And, um, it's interesting. I actually went and saw Jordan Peterson last night at a talk of his, um, and here in Sydney, and he talked about music and how music should be exempt from criticism and how we as human beings actually almost do make it exempt from criticism. Because if somebody says to you, your favorite band's shit, your first response is just, well, I don't care, man, because I really, really like them. And then it's weird how everything else that we, you know, we like and that we're interested in, if somebody says that to us, we have this weird like thing of, no, you can't say that. You can't say that. Like, I love them. I love them. I love them. But um, sorry, just keep the chair. Um, but when it comes to music, it's exempt from criticism. And that's just because in a way, while you can criticize one genre of music or you can criticize one artist, people will always find a common ground of at least liking music and at least kind of having, you know, appreciation for the vibrations that are music, even just on a very, you know, base level. So, you know, music for me was always a big thing that made me really happy and really made me feel safe. And um, I, I initially wanted to do that with my life. And then I realized that it's really fucking hard to make a career out of music. Um, and I still have a lot of friends who tour and gig and all that sort of stuff. And massive credit to them, like, especially over the last couple of years with the lockdowns and COVID and everything. I know it was a bit of a shit show for people. Um, and it's been really cool to see people come out the other side of that and be playing gigs and stuff. You know, I got a mate who just played um, a couple of Australia's biggest festivals over our winter. And it was really, really cool to see and hearing his stories from that, honestly, just, yeah, I felt really, really proud. Um, 
so yeah, that was what I did before coaching and still play guitar where I can. Definitely don't get to play as much as I wish. I wish I could play as much as I used to. Honestly, I used to play for hours every day, but I just don't have the time anymore. But, um, you know, maybe I'll post a little bit of guitar content on, on social media soon at some point. Um, so how did I go from face-to-face -to, -face to online coaching? Um, so face-to-face -face coaching, I was at a gym in Southwest Sydney and then moved to a fitness first in the city after having been a trainer for about three years, started last year. Um, got to around about, you know, late twenties sessions a week, uh, ish. Um, wasn't really busy, busy by any means. Absolutely not. But, um, you know, I was doing quite well for myself there. Um, having given up my entire business previously moved to a completely new area or a new gym. I felt like I was doing pretty well for six months in that new gym. And then the second lockdown hit and I was living with my parents still in Southwest Sydney. It was about 40 minutes from the city. I wasn't allowed to leave my suburb. So I wasn't allowed to go back to the city. Obviously the second lockdown here in Sydney lasted around about four months or so. Um, so all my clients in the city, basically it was lose them to another trainer, which a lot of them went to other trainers. That was fine because in the end, I basically just recommended them to my friends in the city and, you know, happy days seeing my friends be busy. Absolutely. Um, or it was offer something else and that something else had to be online coaching because there wasn't really anything else I could do. So I remember kind of sitting in my room, having a bit of a meltdown over all of this sort of stuff. And, um, you know, Mark, my coach, Mark Carroll being like, dude, you just, you know, you've got decent Instagram following. I think I had about 4,000, 4,500 followers on Instagram at the time. And he was like, man, that's, that's a good amount of people. You know, if 1% of those people show any interest in training with you, that's 45 people. And that's more people than you were training at Fitness First. And when he put it that way, I was just like, yeah, you know what? Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to put this out there and I'm going to, I'm going to see what happens. And I just advertised that I had online coaching spots open. And I said to my old face-to-face -face clients that I would be opening online if they were interested. And it basically went from there and it was slow going, really slow going to start with, but it was really cool because I started getting, you know, interest. I started having people reach out. And, uh, yeah, I remember there were days in lockdown where, because I was in my old area, I, I managed to get in touch with some of my old clients. So I was still training them face to face. So I'd wake up at like 5 a.m. I'd do a consult with someone in America and then I would train someone at 6.30 a.m. in Sydney and do that for like two, three hours. And then I would come back in and I'd do a consult with somebody elsewhere in Australia. And I'd train myself and I'd do a little bit more work. And maybe, you know, at that point in the lockdown, not really do much else <laughs> uh, until like sort of 5, 6 p.m. And then I do a consult with someone in the UK. And it was just, it was this really cool experience. Like I just, I'd never had that before. I was like, wow, like, you know, this is so cool. Um, you know, I'm getting to reach people in all these countries and speak to people in these countries about potentially being able to help them. And to me, training previously had been my suburb. It had been my postcode. That had been my limit. <laughs> you know, I'd never really thought about this. And so it was, it was really, really cool. And then when I came out of the lockdowns, I sort of thought to myself, right, I cannot let this happen again. I cannot let a lockdown shut down, you know, my business again. I can't allow that to happen. So I basically kept pushing the online stuff. I went back to fitness first. And to be honest, I really half-assed fitness first at this point. I was so focused on making online coaching a thing and being able to ensure that I didn't that I didn't lose the ability to train people if we ended up going back into lockdown. And the Christmas season here in Australia was mad with COVID. Pretty much everyone caught it over that period. You know, I caught it on Christmas day, unfortunately. Um, so did a lot of my friends. Um, 
So I was extra worried. I was extra worried that we were going to go back into another lockdown, which thankfully we didn't in the end. But, you know, I, I was like, I have to be able to still train people. I have to still be able to coach people. I have to be able to reach people. So I was really putting a lot of effort into launching this online coaching business. And I, um, I enrolled in the fitness business strategy with Jenna Davies. And she, you know, was really, really helpful in kind of teaching me how to set up and scale um, an online business and all that sort of stuff. And yeah, you know, it's uh, it's one of those things that people don't teach you when you become a personal trainer. You know, there's a lot they don't teach you, unfortunately. Um, but running a business is one of them. And it, it is something where it's a, you know, you do have to run a business. And you do have to run a tight ship, even though it is only yourself, really, that you're having to worry about, especially to start with. Um, you know, you have to be able to manage all of that and be able to manage yourself and your time and your effort and all of that sort of stuff. And um, yeah, you know, it was... Uh, it was a really interesting experience, a really good experience. And, uh, you know, I really enjoyed setting all that up and I just pushed it a lot more and that's how we got there. So, you know, I don't want to say that I kind of just stumbled into it, but I guess I kind of did, you know, there's no real secret there or anything. So, you know, sorry to any coaches who are listening to this being like, there must be a way, there must be a secret. No, it just kind of happened really because it needed to happen and I made it happen essentially. And, that's why I really like this industry and working in this industry and, you know, the opportunity in this industry, because whatever you really want to do in it, as long as you put the effort in and you try and make it happen, chances are you can make it happen if you work hard enough. So yeah, it was really cool. Um, next question. How did I start working with Mark uh, slash meet Mark? Um, so my coach is coach Mark Carroll. Um, a lot of you guys probably know him. I would imagine quite a few of you probably found me through him. Um, you know, I have a lot to be very thankful for with him. Um, but how I started working with him initially was I did his first ever challenge. So he runs challenges every three months or so now. Um, I did his first ever one with my mom. We um, So initially... I got his gen pop guide. He used to work for clean health and I, I got his gen pop guide through there and I actually ran my mom through that. And then she finished that and she was like, oh, he's doing challenges. Should we enroll in this together? Cause it was like summer of 2020, like coming into 2020. Um, summer in Australia, for those of you who are still confused, is like December through to February. Okay, like we're the opposite. We're, that's why we're down under, we're weird here. <laughs> um, so yeah, I started working with him. Um, well, not working with him. I started his challenge. Uh, I got about halfway through the challenge and then the lockdowns hit. Um, I was like, oh, okay, I finished the challenge at home. Bought another one of his programs. Really enjoyed it. But at the same time, I had no focus. I was like, man, I just cannot train from home. I'm really struggling. But I had a good setup at home. You know, um, I had enough to do PT sessions out of. So I was like, I don't want to waste this. So I was sort of thinking like, I, I want to hire a coach. Um, I'd ceased working with my previous coach at the start of the year. Um, you know, I was like, I want to hire a coach. I want to have that accountability again. I really enjoyed it last time. And literally as I was having these thoughts, I got onto Instagram and I saw Mark advertising that he had five spaces opened or something like that for, you know, intermediate to advanced lifters, you know, PTs who wanted to learn, et cetera, et cetera. And I was like, I'm a PT. I want to learn. I want a coach. So I reached out and um, yeah, I think because I'd kind of, I always be one of those people who if I want to know something, I will just message someone and ask them. Like I'm always really annoyingly curious with that sort of stuff. Um, so I'd messaged Mark a few times on Instagram. I think he kind of knew who I was maybe. Um, and he was like, yeah, man, let's organize a Zoom consult and went from there. It was just an ordinary kind of coach client you know, starting to work together. Um, and then, yeah, I kind of was going to stay on for six months, just learn as much as I could, 
get a decent result and then bounce. And two and a half years later, we're still, still working together, you know? And um, I have a lot to thank Mark for because he's not just been a coach to me. He's been a mentor. He's been a great friend. Um, you know, he's really, really helped me in so many different ways that probably he doesn't even realize. Um, you know, I am someone who suffers from a lot of self-doubt and all that sort of stuff over what I'm doing. And he's always pulling my head in and keeping me on the straight and narrow. And, you know, he's a, uh, He's, and rightfully so, he's very successful uh, in what he's done. And, you know, he's always willing to help in a way that, you know, ensures that other people see success as well. And he's always been very good with that to me. And yeah, I just have a lot to be very grateful to him for, which is awesome. You know, he's just, just an awesome human being. Um, and yeah, we both just got very like bizarre sense of humor. So <laughs> I think we get on pretty well. Um, yeah. And then when I first met him in person, um, when did I first meet him in person? I think it was last year. I think uh, I was training at Prime and Glenn brought him into, into Prime for a session one day. And that was the first time I'd got to meet him face-to-face after the, the second lockdown. Um, and I will admit, like, it was it was this, like, little kind of almost, like, fanboy moment at the time. Like, you know, um, so if he's listening to this, he's probably going to be like, lol. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, that's how we started working together. And, um, yeah you know, been almost three years now, which is crazy. And, and if anybody ever wants to see kind of like the benefit and perks of working with someone for that long, go to Mark's Instagram, look at the results that Mark's gotten with his clients, because these aren't results that happen overnight. You know, I've been working with Mark for almost three years. You know, he posted the other day, a client of his, um, Jenna, who I think is in the States and she's been working with him for four years. And, you know, my friend Anna, who's a client of his and a coach as well, she's been working with him for almost three years. And, you know, she just won a pro card recently in a show um, working with him and stuff. And these things don't happen overnight. You know, he's, he's managed to get these results over a longer period of time because people understand that when they work with him, if you buy in from day one, it's not about where you are on day 10 or day 100, you know, it's more about where are you on day 1000, you know, and as long as much as that sounds like a really long ass time, that is how long some of these results do take. And I look at my own result when I started working with Mark, I was like 84 kilos, um, kind of lean, had a little bit of muscle, wasn't anything crazy, you know, and at the peak end of my build phase this year, I weighed in at 94, like really lean. And I was like, what the hell? <laughs> like, you know, if you'd told me five years ago that I'd be weighing 94 kilos, I might've had a heart attack, man. <laughs> like, you know, um, so yeah, long-term results. And, you know, that's kind of, that's another thing that I, you know, when I started working with him, I really liked was this long-term longevity, sustainability, you know, being able to do this for longer than, you know, 12 weeks or eight weeks or whatever, and being able to keep coming back and keep making progress. So yeah, really resonated with that as well. Um, how did I start working with Team Atlas? Um, Glenn asked me if I wanted a job and I said yes, basically. Um, <laughs> how else does anybody start working anywhere? Um, no, I met, I met Glenn uh, properly last year. He started training at the same same gym as I did at Prime. Um, you know, and we had these conversations, kind of realized that, you know, I resonate with a lot of what he does. Obviously him and Mark being brothers, very similar approaches, um, you know, obviously with their own styles on top of things as well. But um, yeah, you know, just kind of really hit it off in terms of like where I wanted to go as a coach and what he was looking for as someone and kind of 
Again, for me, I'm always looking at learning and I'm always looking at opportunities to develop. And I think being able to work closely with people who know a lot more than I do has been something that I've really enjoyed. Um, you know, I always like to seek out these opportunities. You know, I did a seminar with Eugene Teo at Gambaru earlier this year. I'm going to go into a three-day seminar with Lane Norton at the start of next year. You know, these things for coaches and these things for even people who aren't coaches but love fitness and want to learn more like these little seminars and workshops are so so valuable um you know and just being able to work with people who know more than you do and admit that people know more than you do and learn what it is that they they know more than you do so you can form your own opinions on things is yeah it's just priceless and for me this is the biggest draw about coming to team atlas is being able to learn and develop um and then put that into my own coaching and my own results and things that, you know, I can do with clients, which I definitely think has been the case. Sorry for the little dead spots, by the way. Got a bit of a sore throat today, so I've got a Gatorade on hand just to uh, just to help lubricate the old throat. What a weird sentence. Um, okay, so a couple more questions and I'm going to wrap up for the first one. I don't want this to be too much of a crazy, like, uh, self-loving Q&A episode or whatever, but I just kind of wanted to, to get into, um, get into a few of these because some of them were quite cool. Um, next question is how is Reggie? Reggie is very good. Reggie's a pain in the ass, but he's very good. Um, for those of you wondering, Reggie is a six month old ragdoll kitten. Um, he's probably about seven months now, I think seven month old ragdoll kitten. Um, he is, he is very sweet. If you want to see pictures of him, if you, if you don't, follow me on Instagram, go follow me on Instagram. He's got his own little highlight on there. Um, absolutely joyous little cat, but also a very big pain in the ass. He's got this little thing that he does now where like between the hours of three and five in the morning, he'll come in. We don't let him sleep in the bedroom. Um, we try and keep that separate. And he comes to the bedroom and just body slams the door <laughs> for like two hours. <laughs> He's like, guys, I'm hungry. I'm bored. Can somebody come out? And like, we've been feeding him later and later to try and like mitigate this, but no, it's, it doesn't even matter. Like got over from Jordan Peterson last night and fed him at like 1030 and he's still there at three o'clock in the morning. Like, hello, anybody there? Um, yeah, love him though. Uh, World Cup picks. So somebody asked me, who do I think the top scorer for the World Cup is going to be? Um, oh, God. Depends on who's going to make it to the final, but probably, you know what? I actually wouldn't be surprised if it's Giroud, as much as that's a maybe a bit of a meme pick. Oli Giroud for me. Um, who's going to win it? I think either Brazil or France. Um, if France can stop getting injured, um, I think... France are a good shot, but I think Brazil are probably my favorites. Um, I'm recording this just after seeing that Neymar is out of the, the group stage, but I don't think they'll have any problems with that. Uh, who's going to be Dark Horse? Um, Dark Horse. Oh, God. Uh, uh, it's always going to be one of those European countries, isn't it? It's always going to be like a Denmark or a Croatia from a couple of years ago or whatever. So it's going to be one of those nations, I think. But also Ecuador. Ecuador seemed to be quite good. They held Netherlands to a draw this morning. So it's, it's not going to be England, unfortunately. Um, and who's going to be the major disappointment? Oh, honestly, after that first game, maybe Argentina. <laughs> um, you know, I actually, before the tournament, had them as one of my favorites. But um, yeah, I don't know if they're going to be able to do it for for all messy. Um, otherwise England, I think, I think England are going to be a bit of a major disappointment. Although can you really be disappointed if you didn't have any standards for them to start with? I don't really know. I, I don't really know. Um, and final question, somebody who obviously knew that I did play guitar before all of this sort of stuff and did study music. Um, what is your favorite genre of music to play? Um, 
I like loud. <laughs> I just really like loud. Um, you know, my favorite band is a band called Muse from the UK. I listened to them for years now. Uh, and I actually, my guitars that I have uh, modeled on the, the singer and guitarist from that band. And I love playing Muse. I love, I love stuff that allows my guitar to not sound so much like a guitar and kind of sound like other instruments and stuff like that. So I like loud. I like obnoxious. I like riffs. I like all that sort of stuff. Um, but funnily enough, I don't like guitar solos. Um, I've always found them to be really obnoxious and wanky. Um, however, if it's tasteful and it's good, yeah, I quite like it. But I don't play much music with like crazy guitar solos or anything like that. Um, I've always been a lot more kind of just noise <laughs> i guess um all right that's gonna wrap it up for my first episode i don't want to take up too many minutes of people's days um however moving on um or moving forward with this podcast yeah i'm hoping to have interviews i'm hoping to have more topical discussions around fitness and stuff um have some cool episodes coming up in the coming weeks so keep an eye out for those going to be aiming for you know at least one one episode a week i think would be very very sustainable but um yeah looking forward to the future of this podcast hopefully it has a better name than jack Allen's podcast when i release it but hey it may not <laughs> you know i'm aware of how wanky that sounds so thank you very much for listening as i said at the start of the show if you guys and girls have anyone that you'd like me to interview anyone you'd like me to speak to on this podcast i already have a few names in the works but anybody else that you would like me to chat to please don't hesitate to send me a dm and let me know and i'll speak to you all very very soon goodbye <laughs>